love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. For those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands, from the east and west, from the north and south. Thank you. Be seated. Thanks be to God. So on, on this slide, I mean, it, I love that phrase that I've highlighted. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. It's simple, right? Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Repeat that, because if you get that, then the rest is just filler for the rest of the morning. So, with me. Let, Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Perfect. Do it again. Now let's say it without being able to see it. You got it. Great. Now the rest is just gravy. <clears throat> so there's two instructions in those verses, right? Thanks, give thanks to God and tell the story. You know, the thanks part, something we kind of know about. We get a holiday for it even, you know, so that's giving thanks. That's good. So we're going to set that aside. Telling story. We need a national storytelling day. Uh, we don't have one. I think that might be good. So at the end uh, of this little homily, it's not going to be very long, don't worry. Um, that, but by the end of this, I hope you'll all be convinced that we need a National Storytelling Day. It could be part of Thanksgiving. We could call it Thanksgiving and Story Day. I'd be okay with that. It's probably easier than getting an extra day off you know, on the calendar. But we're going to look at this storytelling stuff. So 2017, let's tell stories doesn't sound necessarily really spiritual, but we'll try to make it such so that it's a legitimate topic for Sunday morning. But let's tell stories. Um, so a guy asked me to fill in. Uh, this is a story. So a guy asked me to fill in, and he said, but Doug, keep it short. And um, I thought, well, maybe people, you know, there have been some complaints. You know, it's been a year since he let me fill in again, and, you know, maybe now I'm starting to understand why. Um, but he said, you know, just take like half the time, you know, that I do. So I figured, well, he takes 40 minutes, I'll take 20. So but then I'm talking to Phil, and Phil says, whoa, 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 no, we only allocate him 20, so you only get 10. So I'm down to 10 minutes. Um, it'll be closed. I got 10 slides if, um, after this. The title doesn't count. So I got, I got 10 slides if you really want to count them down. If you're that desperate to, you know, know when you're going to get out of here, you can count them down. Uh, <coughs> so, on the um, since this is a story, since this is a sermon on, or a homily, we we'll call it a homily because it's short. This is a homily on stories. Um, there's got to be a story behind the the homily. So the story behind this one is: I heard a a sermon. Jeff Hillman at the Wheaton Evangelical Free Church is back visiting my folks, so I didn't get his permission to rip it off, and I didn't totally rip it off. But I feel like I ought to at least acknowledge, you know, put a little footnote in there. So there's my footnote. Um, but I'll tell you, this was back in June, June 19th. And I'll tell you, it, was, uh, it, it got me thinking, and ever since then, I've been thinking different ways and different things about stories. And so this morning, you're just going to get kind of a smattering of those, sort, of those thoughts um, on the power of stories and the value and how seeing our role in Big, important stories makes a difference. So that's my goal, you know, as we go through this 
this little talk. It has changed the way, you know, that I look at a lot of things. And so, you know, you find yourself wanting to tell other people, well, you know, it's a story, and stories are great, and stories are powerful, you know, but, you know, so now's my opportunity, so that's what you're going to get. So this is where we're going this morning, this is the outline. We're going to go over stories are powerful, that God is a master of stories, that he wants us to tell stories. And obviously, if he wants us to tell stories, we've got to have stories. And, um, and finding and preparing stories alter how we look at life. So there's where we're going for the morning. About, you know, a minute and three quarters on each. So stories are powerful. You know, I, I think I need to open up with, you know, we use the word story and sometimes it carries kind of a, I don't know, a little bit of a lesser value. You know, like, oh, it's just a story. You can, you can think of just going in front of the word story. But stories are powerful. Um, you know, in, in postmodernism, it's all about the story. Um, it's all about the meta narrative through which groups of people interpret everything. But we won't go off on that tangent. And you're all saying, thank goodness. Um, <laughs> but it, it's an example, though, of how stories, and like for Christians, our, our meta narrative story is. God's story, his creation, redemption plan, where we fit in the end, that whole overarching story, that's our meta-narrative as Christians. And if that isn't a powerful story, I don't know what is. Um, stories keep our attention. And I, I think maybe we don't want to admit it. I don't know. I'd admit it. You know, I'd much rather sit and listen to a good, a well-told story than, you know, a lecture, Right? I remember back in sixth grade, we had a teacher, Mr. Thomas. Mr. Thomas taught sixth grade, I think, for fun. Um, he, he made his living giving flight lessons uh, privately. He was a flight instructor. He owned two Cessna 60s, and he gave flight lessons. Now, we learned quickly that we could have him tell us stories about flying and his planes and the people he's instructing and get out of lectures and tests and quizzes. So, of course, we became very adept at, oh, you know, you know getting him off track because we loved the stories and we weren't particularly interested in social studies. Right? I mean, and is this not, you know, where any of us would find ourselves if we can control the dial, right? We're going to switch the dial to the good stories and we're probably going to tune out the stuff that tends to run a little on the duller side. Like right now, you'd much rather turn me off and go listen to some stories. So maybe I'll work in some stories, but I'm trying to hit that 10-minute mark. And so to do that, you don't get any stories other than Mr. Thomas and maybe one or two others. Um, Holidays are a great example of things that are, you know, established for the sake of stories, Right? I mean, the, the holiday is the mark on the calendar that tells us, don't forget to tell the story of what this holiday is for. Amen. That's the reason it's there. That's why we have you know, our holidays. That's why we have the church calendar. It's to mark. It's, it's not so much that it happened on that given day. It's to make sure we don't get through a year without spending the right amount, you know, some amount of time telling the story that's associated with the event of that particular day. It's critical. Um, we'll get into that a little more. Um, 
And our stories are, include, are to include how God worked, right? As, as Christians, our view of the world isn't that it's, the, it's fate, it's coincidence. You know, if those are the major players in our stories, you know, if we've got stories that are, have amazing coincidences, uh, we probably need to step back and think about how to recast those. Um, because, you know, we believe that we have a sovereign God. We believe that things happen for a reason. Um, this is one place where Christian theists and Freud, you know, agree there are no accidents. Um, so this is, we've got to make sure we're casting God in his role or we're giving God credit for the role that he has as the story master. Um, so that's, I hit the wrong one. Yeah, and God is a master of stories. You know, did I hit two? Oh, I hit a hundred. There we go. God is a master of stories. You know, he's not, and he's not just a storyteller. I, first I had this title, he's a storyteller. No, 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 no. He's a master of stories. He's, he creates the environment of the story. He, he directs the story. He salvages the story at the end. Because no story is just like, you know, going from point A to point B and everything went well all between. Good stories, you know, things go wrong, you know, and bad stuff happens and people come out the other end. And, you know, it's, that makes a compelling story. There's, a, there's, there's formulas for stories. Now, I don't think, I'm not saying that God runs by a formula, but you know, I'm just saying that the formula isn't you know, A going to B without any interruptions. I think we all know that. That's, that's not the kind of story we want to listen to. That's not the kind of story that forms the backbone for an Academy Award winning film. right? I mean, we want to see and experience the range of things that can happen. I like a happy ending myself, and I think funny things to go a long way. But anyway, that's just me. Different people have different things. So um, the role of stories in the Bible um, is hard to exaggerate. I mean, if you, look, if you think about what's in the Bible, the Bible is mostly narrative. That is, stories. There's exceptions, but it's mostly narrative. So God is using stories especially the Old Testament. I mean, it's story after story after story. And um, that's pretty amazing. Do you remember, I mean, this is, it's been recent enough, you know, we did this 40-day New Testament read here. And um, I didn't get through it, I'm not claiming to have, but I had a couple of times where I did read long chunks at one sitting. Um, basically because I had to catch up for like four weeks, you know, and I, I took a... <laughs> took a whole Saturday and read in pieces. I have never read that way that much in one sitting of the Bible in my entire life. That, the, the Bible is, nothing, it hit me, this is a story. You know, we've parsed it down into bits and pieces to try to create systematic theology and to try and answer specific questions. And, you know, and that's not all wrong, but man, that's a story. Acts, Luke, you know, th- that's a story. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. I, that, that struck me so much. And as we're going through that, and, I, and I'm reading those things, I'm thinking, oh, this is just like, you know, what Jeff Hillman was saying, you know, it's like, man, it's, uh, you know, the Bible's a story. Stories are great. Stories are powerful. That was much more captivating to me than sitting down and reading two chapters at a time. I mean, it was captivating. It, it had all those things about being a story that I, that I liked. God identifies himself often 
at, based on his role in stories. I mean, how many times in the Old Testament is, I am the Lord your God who? Fill in the blank, right? I am the Lord your God who, you know, brought you out of Egypt and saved you from slavery. I mean, that happened. That's, that's God's intro over and over again to, or a preface to, to statements that he makes to his people. In fact, probably the greatest set of non-story, the greatest set of propositions in the Old Testament is probably Ten Commandments, right? That's not a story, right? That's A, B, C, D, E, F, G, statements, right? But what's the intro to that? I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt and saved you from slavery. So the intro to the propositional statements is even God's identity as his role in story. And then I got Leviticus 26.13 up there, which is a longer version of that same sort of thing that we see over and over again. And Jesus in the New Testament, you know, like how does, you know, how do we have all these times where Jesus teaches, he teaches how? He loves teaching in parables, right? And what are parables but another form of stories? So I'm going to make a t-shirt. And the t-shirt's going to be, you know, the WWJD. And then underneath it, it says TAS. Tell a story, right? What would Jesus do? He'd tell a story. He doesn't break out the systematic theology text. And he goes, I think I'm going to tell these guys a story. So where does that, you know, kind of leave us, other than wanting to go buy my (laughs) t-shirt? So God wants us to tell stories. Um, This sounds understandable, and, and as, you, as you page through the Bible, it actually you know, becomes pretty clear. Oh, my word, there, there, he actually does tell us to do this. Um, God talking to Moses, he says, you know, I'm doing this that you may tell your children and grandchildren how I dealt harshly with the Egyptians and how I performed signs among them. So part of God's total plan of what's going on is to create the content of stories that he then wants us to tell. In Joel, um, Joel, in talking to the elders, he says, Hear this, you elders, listen all who live in the land. Has anything like this ever happened in your days or in the days of your ancestors? So what's happening is they're in the middle of this locust plague. And this is an interesting one because Joel's talking to them. The plague's not over. They're in the middle of it. Total destruction. And yet he's saying... Tell your kids this. Tell your grandchildren this, and they'll tell their grandchildren. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, that's that points to another angle we're not going to get into this morning, which is, you know, when we experience tough, tough parts of life, there's a um, there's a hope from God that there will be a story, a story that we can tell somewhere along the line, and. Um, and that's the message, that's part of the message of Joel, is, yeah, this is, a, this is as bad as it gets. This is the worst locust thing you've ever seen. And then you get to the end and he, there's promises. But he wants, he's given the instructions to tell before the promises have, been, um, have come to pass. And then there's, the, then there's in, in Joshua, there's the, the situation where... Um, God instructs Joshua to build a monument to an event. And the point of that monument is so that when your children ask you about this, you're going to tell them about it. You're going to tell them. Please tell them. So we've got all these instructions 
you know, to tell people, especially the next generation. I mean, really what's going on is we're establishing um, the oral tradition of events of God working in our families' lives, in our corporate family. Remember, remember this, is, this is an Old Testament settings that we're reading this. This isn't, you know, your children meaning your individual children. This is the children of your community. This is the next generation of people in your community um, that, that you're to tell. So we're getting to the end here. To tell stories, we've got to have stories. So there's this fascinating passage in Deuteronomy. Now that might sound like almost an oxymoron. Fascinating passage in Deuteronomy. I don't know. Usually when I hit Deuteronomy, I must be in some kind of daze because I've never noticed this before. But it, with the power of searching for given words, I ran across this. And I love it. In fact, I started underlining parts to line them up, you know, with points I wanted to make. And pretty soon the whole verse is underlined. So, you know, I got rid of some of the underlines. Skip the underlines. You've got to underline the whole verse. I mean, look what's going on. Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen. Or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and their children after them. Remember the day that... And then there's a, a list of things. I thought, wow, that's, just a, that's an amazing call to, to a number of things. Number one, stuff is going on. Right? Stuff's going on. Sometimes I'm just... I don't have stories because I don't live looking for the stuff that's going on. And we're supposed to pay attention to it. We're going to become more aware of the stuff that's going on if we choose to pay attention. There's an intentionality to finding the stuff that's going on and being aware of the role you know, that God's playing in it. And then we've got to remember it. Oh, my word, this, this, just, this made me feel really bad. I mean, I'm old now, you know, and I forget all this great stuff that I'm sure happened. And I, and I don't have them written down, you know, and oh, what have I forgotten? And I think there's a lot of truth to that. I, I, I'm jealous of people who, um, you know, who journal. If I don't know, if I journaled, I probably would never bother to go back and read it. So I don't know. I'm not, I'm not too upset about it. But I think there's a point for um, for writing stuff down just so that we remember it. I think this is a call to figuring out how is it, whatever it takes. How is it you're going to remember it? I haven't totally figured that out, but I do know. That if I tell a story enough times, I remember that story. That sticks with me. So if it's a good story, it sticks with me. Now the people around me are tired of it, but at least I got it down. <laughs> yeah, sure. Kendra's nodding her head. There's a number I'm sure that she's totally tired of. But um, I, I just I just love what this what this verse tells us. You know, so stuff's going on. Pay attention. Remember it. Tell it. One, two, three, four. So there's your. We could have used this as our, as our uh, verse for the morning. Instead of, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. See, this was much longer. We never would have gotten all this. <laughs> all right. So a couple of quick observations about stories. Um, and, and we kind of just touched on them. Finding God's stories in our lives means we just got to be aware. I mean, it's all going on. We know it is. We've got to be aware. So let's be aware. Telling stories helps us remember them. 
That's one way. And if you've got other ways to help, writing them down helps you remember them. It also helps flush them out. So that's another good one. This really should be natural and fun. I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, some people are, to, to me, telling stories, see, it's a lot better than singing praise because I, I can't carry a tune, but I can tell a story. So this, like, removes one more thing that I can't do from the list. So I'm into this one. Um, and, I, and I really do think it should be natural and fun. These should be stories that not only we like telling, but people like to hear. Um, I'm always looking for ways that I can talk to people um, about what I believe and in ways that they don't mind listening. And stories is, you know, you can, you can get right down the, the heart on stories. Um, I, I have a friend who writes up stories and, and just, you know, short ones and, and puts them aside. You know, they're, sometimes they're for him to just kind of square away what he's thinking. Sometimes they're for his kids. Sometimes they're for anybody who'll read one, you know. But he just he writes them down, puts them aside because that way he doesn't forget when it's fresh. And I think, well, that's probably a good thing. I'm not claiming I'm going to. I should do some of that. I can put. The, I can make that statement. But um, anyway, so that leads us to since it is you know New Year's Day, we got to have a New Year's resolution. I know it's a little can it's a little corny, but anyway. So here's here's the one I proposed for this morning. Um, drawing on important developments in your life. Hey, I, I, ID five to ten important stories. I'm not even making you write them down. Just or, or write out, you know, full short stories here. I'm just saying, get the titles to five. You know, and then maybe you'll get into writing one or two, or at least outline them, and then send that outline to somebody um, who you think would be interested, or tell the story to somebody. I think it's just invaluable. I mean, we've seen that there's a, you know, God calls for it, there's a place for it. We, it should be fun. I'd be interested in hearing other people's stories. You know, it's interesting. And, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm excited about this. I, I think that uh, it's something I, that I can do, and so it gets me excited. So here's a couple from my list. Why I'm not a dentist. <laughs> my accidental conversion story. Uh, how Cheryl and I met and started dating, a story of our trip to China, how I ended up as a philosophy major, and how I ended up in the pharmaceutical industry. Um, and these all have little weird quirks in them, which you could attribute to fate or coincidence, but of course that's not how we interpret our stories, is it? No, it's God's grace in them. The point is, we're living through a life, we see things that happen, and we attribute it to God's grace, and we remember it. And we pass it on so other people go, yeah, you know, my experience now reminds me of when, some, when this happened to somebody else. God's grace was in their life. His grace is in mine too. So that's the resolution and the conclusion. Let's make 2017 the year of telling stories and the author will be glorified.